We are continuing with our series on Joseph's life. And the question that we are still answering is, how can we become what God wants us to be despite our difficulties? That continues to be the question that this theme this series is trying to answer. The messages may have different titles, but the question that we are answering is how can we continue, how can we become what God wants to be despite our difficulties? And today we are focusing on Genesis 39, 40, and 41. Three chapters we are going to pay attention to this morning as we follow Joseph's life. For all of you that are joining us today, and if this is your first day to be here, let us just remind ourselves that here at Southside Bible Fellowship, we believe that the Bible is God's word. And that since everyone who believes in Jesus is a child of God, let us say together, the Bible is God's word for us. Father, we acknowledge your presence this morning. We know, Lord, that you are here with us and that you are working out a plan. And therefore, Lord, this morning as we hear your voice, we pray that you may speak to our hearts, we pray that you may speak to our needs, we pray that you may speak to our challenges, to our plans, and to everything that concerns us, and that you may give us the heart not only to hear, but to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we left Joseph brokenhearted. He had been stripped of his royal robe by his brothers, and they sold him to Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt, where he was bought by Potiphar, and he was working in his house as a slave. That's where we left last week. And Jacob, his father, was grieving the loss of his son. As far as Jacob is concerned, his son Joseph is dead. In chapter 39, we see Joseph in Potiphar's house. He is serving him against his will. We see Joseph is growing. He left when he was about 17. He is growing. He is a handsome young man. He is strong. And Potiphar's wife notices him. And she begins to tempt Joseph to be with her. And many times she does this, but Joseph refuses. And this is what Joseph says in chapter 39, from verse 8, when Potiphar's wife 
tempts her, tempts him to be with her. He says from verse 8 to verse 10, we are told that he refused, saying, with me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. Listen to this, because this is very important. This is the first time we hear Joseph mentioning God. This one gives us a hint that Joseph is aware of the presence of the Lord in his life. It gives us a hint that he trusts in the Lord, that he hopes in the Lord, that he relies in the Lord, and that he fears the Lord. He says, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even to be with her. How then can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Joseph understands here that even a sin that is committed behind closed doors in a dark room is committed in the presence of the Lord. Joseph is not afraid of the consequences. He is afraid of the Lord. He's not afraid that he will be caught. He's afraid that he will be sinning against God. Now that's very important for us to know because most of us are tempted to avoid sin because of the consequences. The reason we avoid sin is not because of the consequences of sin, but because of our fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So Joseph refuses and this woman continues to tempt him. You know, temptation is not a one-time event in a Christian's life. It is a continual event. We continue to be tempted. You continue to be tempted. I continue to be tempted. Something that we face every day. And so she persists in tempting him. And Joseph continues to refuse. And one day, she couldn't take it any longer. She wanted to force him, and Joseph decided to run away, and she remained with his court. And then she screamed, saying that Joseph wanted to rape her. And the servants, other servants came and uh, they, she, told, she told them that this Hebrew wanted to rape me. And I have evidence here because when he tried to run, I held on to him, but he slipped away and left me with his coat. And she told the same to her husband. And this is a crime that deserves death. But the husband, instead of having Joseph killed, again, we see the glimpses of God's grace here. 
he sends Joseph to jail. Joseph is arrested and imprisoned for doing what is right. You look at Joseph and what is happening to his life and you can't help asking, where is the Lord when this is happening to Joseph? But while in prison, two other people join him. The king's cupbearer and the chief baker. They have done something wrong and they are brought to prison to be with Joseph. And they find Joseph in prison. He is the leader there. He attends to them. And the Lord gives them a dream. The cupbearer and the baker, they both have a dream. Each one of them. And this dream troubles them such that they tell it to Joseph. Now you need to know that the dream is playing an important role in, the, in Joseph's life. Because every time you hear of the dream, every time you read about it, it's there to point you to the Lord. The Lord may not be mentioned. In chapter 37 he wasn't mentioned. But we see a dream in chapter 37. Every time you see the dream, it's pointing you to the Lord. It's telling you that the Lord is here and he is doing something. So they bring their dreams to Joseph. And Joseph interprets their dream. He tells them in three days. He tells the baker, in three days you will be released. And you will be killed. And he tells the cupbearer, in three days you will be released and you will be restored back to your job. Joseph tells the cupbearer that, but then he pleads with the cupbearer. And he tells him in chapter 40, verse 14. And 15, he says to the cupbearer, but when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. He wants to get out of prison. Joseph is not fully aware of what the Lord is doing in his life. He says in verse 15, I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Please remember me. When someone cares about you, one way they show it is by remembering you. And for those of you who are married, you know this is very important when you are away. When I was away, I had to show my wife that uh, I remember her. 
And let me tell you, and this is, I can only speak of my wife, if I fail to show that I remember her, I would be in trouble. I have to send a text, I have to call, I have, I have to do this. I don't know if it happens to you, I think your wives are different, so. So I, I can't speak to you, I'm, I mean, but this is my experience. But at the same time, I also want her to show that she remembers me. It's one way you show that you care for the person that you love. When Joseph is pleading with this cupbearer to remember him, he's, only, he's asking for him to show that he also cares enough because Joseph has interpreted his dream. At least he knows what's going to happen. Will he just reward him by remembering him? And of course, the dream came true. And if you read verse 23, which I think it's a very sad verse of chapter 40, verse 23 of chapter 40, the Bible says, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. This is sad for Joseph. You look at Joseph, what is happening to him. His own family, his brothers turn against him. They strip him naked. They throw him into a pit to die. By God's grace, they sell him to the Ishmaelites. He is bought as a slave by Potiphar. He serves Potiphar faithfully. Then Potiphar's wife tempts him. He refuses. He's taken to jail. He's imprisoned for not doing anything wrong. And then while in there, he is so kind to the other prisoners, and yet the cupbearer forgets him. Where is the Lord when all this is happening? Have you, have you found yourself in a, in a place like that where you are doing everything, everything that you know is right, but everything seems to be going wrong in your life? Everything seems to be going wrong with your children, in your relationships, uh, in your business, at work. You look at your siblings. You look at everything around your world is just going wrong. You are tempted to feel like the whole world hates you. Everything seems to be against you. And as a Christian who is just trying to be as faithful as you can, you can't help but ask, where is the Lord when this is happening to me? I think the same is happening to Joseph here. Where is the Lord when this is happening to Joseph? And I think chapter 39 is here to help us answer that question 
And then chapter 41 is here to show us. Chapter 39 helps us answer by telling us. And then chapter 41 shows us how the Lord is showing up in Joseph's life. Look at verse 39. Uh, verse 2 of chapter 39, sorry. In verse 2, we are told... Can we read it together? Verse 2 of 39. One, two, start. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. The Lord was with Joseph. That's very important for us to know. The author of Genesis wants us to realize while Joseph is going through all these difficulties, the Lord is going through it with him. Look at verse 3. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, the master realized the same thing. And that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. He put him in charge of everything in his house. The Lord was with Joseph. Look at verse 21 of chapter 39. Verse 21 of chapter 39, while Joseph was in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Even in prison, the Lord was with Joseph. When those uh, prison doors were closing behind him, making that horrible sound, the Lord was with Joseph. Look at verse 23. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and he gave him success in whatever he did. So even though Joseph is going through these difficulties, these disappointments after disappointments, the Lord is with him. And that's very important for us to realize. That's the key to this text. To know that the presence of the Lord in our lives does not stop us, does not prevent us from experiencing difficulties. To know that just because my life is not the way I think it should be, it doesn't mean that the Lord has left me. Just because I'm not getting what I believe I deserve, it doesn't mean that the Lord has left me. Just because my children are not where I believe they should be, it doesn't mean that the Lord has left me. Just because my health is not the way it should be, it doesn't mean that the Lord has left me. This is important for us because the Lord, we are told, was with Joseph. 
Now we know. When his brothers threw him into the pit and sat down to eat pizza, the Lord was with Joseph in the pit. When he was sold as a slave in Potiphar's house, and when Potiphar's wife was tempting him, the Lord was with Joseph. When he was taken to prison, the Lord was with Joseph there. David understood this and he asked, where can I go? Where can I run from you? If I go into the mountain, you are there. If I go into the pit, you are there. Where can I go and escape your presence? The message that I have for you this morning is very simple. And it is that the Lord is with you. And because the Lord is with you, he will remember you. The cupbearer forgets Joseph, but the Lord does not forget Joseph. Look at chapter 41. Chapter 41, verse 1. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. The Lord again shows up in a dream. He gives Pharaoh a dream and it disturbs him. He wants to understand it. He calls his magicians. They don't have an answer. And then the cupbearer this time, if you look at 41 verse 9, the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Today I remember something that I did not do, something that I did wrong for the first time since his release. Two years later, he remembers Joseph. It's not the cupbearer who is remembering here. It is the Lord. The Lord remembers Joseph and he gives Pharaoh a dream. A dream, again, here points us to the Lord. The word remember in Genesis is used to reveal God's faithfulness. Each one of us would love to be remembered. Each one of us would love to be remembered for something good, not something bad, something good. Each one of us can think of our own life celebration service. We can try to imagine what will people say in my life celebration service. What kind of a person will they say I was? Each one of us would love to be remembered for something good. We like to be remembered. We don't want to be forgotten. We want people to say something about us. You want to be remembered. And when you are going through difficulties in your life, when it feels like the world hates you, you want to be remembered. 
You want someone to remember something good about you and say something nice to you. That's why it's difficult when in our families, our loved ones lose their memory and they can no longer remember their loved ones. It's difficult. I remember whenever I went to see my grandfather who passed away last year, and because of his old age, he couldn't remember me anymore, and I am the first son, I'm named after him, and I, I like going and sitting down with him and talking with him and hearing his stories and his wisdom. But towards the last years of his life, I would go and sit with him, and he wouldn't even remember me. I liked it whenever he saw me and he would say, yes, Mganga is here. My namesake is here and I would see the joy in his face and he enjoys that presence. And the last few years of his life, he was not able to do that because he couldn't remember me. And it's, it's, it's difficult when that happens. It's, it's a challenge that we encounter with old, old age and sickness at times. But there is someone who will never forget us. Someone who will never fail us. Someone who remembers. And his name is the Lord. And in Genesis, the word remember reveals God's faithfulness. You look at Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. We are told, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the water receded. God remembered in Genesis chapter 9, verse 15, the Lord says, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. I will remember. In Genesis 19, verse 29, we are told, so when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered... Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. The Lord remembers. He remembers because he is faithful. In Genesis 30 verse 22, then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. The Lord remembers because he is faithful. And because the Lord is with you, he will remember you. He does not remember because he forgets. He remembers because he is faithful. See, when my wife wants me to remember her, it's not because I can forget her. It's because 
She wants me to show that I am faithful. She wants me to show that I don't, when she's out of sight, she is still in my heart. She is still in my mind. The Lord does not remember because he forgets. He remembers because he is faithful. And he will remember you because in his indwelling Holy Spirit, he lives in you. He came down in Bethlehem among us and he remained with us in his Holy Spirit. The Lord indwells you. He is with you and he will remember. The world may forget you. The world may forget about you. But the Lord will remember you. There is something else, though, that the Lord chooses to forget. He has decided that he is going to forget for his own sake. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, he says, For I will forgive their wickedness, and I will remember their sins no more. I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. See, God looks at us and everything that we have done in our past. And when we come into this relationship with Him through Jesus Christ, He chooses for his own sake, not to remember our evil past. For his own sake. So when he looks at you, he sees you as, his, as he sees his son Jesus Christ. When he looks at you, he sees you justified cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He chooses not to allow your evil past to interfere with your present relationship with him. Your sins I will remember no more. The challenge is that many Christians still allow their sins to interfere with their present lives, their present relationships. We do this in many ways. There might have been something that happened in your life that brought you grief or something that was done by someone else that brought you grief and sorrow and pain. A decision that you made that makes you regret. A, a decision that was made by someone else but still makes you feel pain. And many Christians are allowing that past to interfere with their present relationships. Many Christians are not enjoying the relationships they have today with one another and with the Lord because they are allowing their past to be a continuation of their present life. The Lord chooses not to remember. Why should you? Why should you? 
And we all know, and I had this habit too, where whenever we had a conflict with my wife, I will bring back something that happened so many years ago. Because that conflict reminds me of the pain that I felt, and I want her to feel the same pain. So I will go back into my file. You know, we, we, sometimes we save those things for future references. I'll go back there and look for it and bring it out intentionally so that she can also feel the pain that I feel. And I did that for many years and I realized that this was affecting our present relationship which we needed to enjoy. It was not only affecting my relationship with her, it was affecting my relationship with the Lord. And all men that are here, you know if your wife is not happy, you cannot be happy. And if you are a husband and you can be happy when your wife is not happy, you have a problem. You do. If you can still go on as if life is as it should be and your wife is unhappy, oh my goodness. Something is not right with you. Just allow us to pray for you. But I think the same is true for our wives as well. If you can be happy when your spouse, your husband is not happy... Something is not right. Especially because we are one. So if we are one, then when one part feels pain, the other one should be feeling the pain too. And when we realize this, we will want to reconcile as soon as possible when something goes wrong, when we have a conflict. Because I, I am happy when my wife is happy. And that also makes my fellowship with the Lord stronger and better when I have a stronger and a healthier fellowship with the other person. And it's the same with our relatives. It's the same with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Please, if there is something that you that happened to you, that hurt you, that was done by someone in your life, and you forgive. If you did not forgive, then please choose to do so because that's what the Lord expects you to do. But if you did not, or if you keep on bringing it up, it's affecting your relationship. And let me tell you the truth. You will never enjoy your present relationship if you continue to allow your past to be a continuation of your present. You will never enjoy that relationship. Not only your relationship with the other person, but your relationship with the Lord. There I have said it. The Lord is with us and he will remember us. Let me give you three points here 
and I will be done. Because the Lord is with us, number one, and this is, this spoke to my heart so much. Because the Lord is with us, every sin we commit, we commit in the presence of a holy God. Joseph realized this in verse 9 of chapter 39 when he said, I will not do such wickedness and sin against the Lord. And then the author reminds us that the Lord was with Joseph. If the Lord is with you in his Holy Spirit who indwells you, then as a believer when we sin, we are sinning in the presence of a holy God. He's not far away when we are sinning. He's right there with us. And Joseph understood this. Number two, if the Lord is with us, then his grace will continue to sustain us. We see this in Joseph's life in chapter 41. Pharaoh calls him to come and interpret his dream. And if you read verse 38, Pharaoh asks of chapter 41, can we find anyone like this man, one who is, whom is the spirit of God? Can we find someone like him? This is one way the Lord is sustaining Joseph. When he gives Pharaoh a dream, he's providing an opportunity for Joseph to come out of prison. And every step that he takes, it's taking him closer to what the Lord wants him to become, despite his difficulties. You know, as we grow old, or get sick, we may lose our memory. We may forget even the day we got saved. We may forget the names and the most important dates and people in our lives. We may find ourselves struggling to remember the simple things. And we may even forget ourselves at times. But as a Christian, when that happens to you, you shouldn't worry because the Lord knows you, because the Lord remembers you, because the Lord is with you and he has promised never, never to leave you. Even when you forget him, he will still remember you. And that is our comfort, that is our assurance. And let me say this, some of us know that uh, things are not going well in this world today. Life is becoming expensive. The living expense is so high, and it, it can be frustrating to everyone, including believers. And some of us may be tempted to think that uh, if so-and-so was in power, life would be different. Some of us may be tempted to put our trust in men, in politicians. But let me tell you this, as a Christian, you need to know and you need to realize that the future 
of the United States of America is not in the hands of the Republicans. The future of the United States of America is not in the hands of the Democrats. It's not in the hands of the conservatives, the liberals, the independents, or any other person. The future of the United States of America and the future of every nation is in the hands of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who has power to make the rulers of this world tremble. And that's where our future is as well and if anything if anything you and I need to put our hope and our trust in the Lord that's where our future is he holds the whole world in his hands he is in control, guys. He controls the economy of Egypt. And we are going to see that next Sunday. When he gives Pharaoh a dream, when he gives Joseph a dream, all the dreams are showing the same thing, that they're going to have seven years of plenty and seven years of famine, and they need to be prepared. It is God who controls the economy of our lives, and it is God that we can rely on. He's the one that we can trust him. He's the one that he remembers us. And he's the one that holds our lives. Our future is in his, his, in his hands. And he will sustain us. Here is number three. If the Lord is with us, then every delay prepares us to be what he wants us to be. If he is truly with us, then the delays that we experience, the disappointments that we face, are there to prepare, to prepare us to become what the Lord wants us to become. Delays don't stop the Lord from doing what he wants to do. Delays prepare us to receive what the Lord has for us. Delays prepares us to become the kind of people God wants us to be. And when you realize that, my friend, you will embrace your delays. You will embrace your disappointments. It may be lonely in the pit of despair and rejection. It may feel depressing in the prison of fear and the prison of not being remembered. But when we realize that the Lord is with us in the presence of the Holy Spirit who indwells us, we will also realize that he continues to remember us, not because he forgets, but because he is faithful. The Lord is with you. And if you are listening to us this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you cannot claim this truth in your life. You cannot claim that the Lord is with you. You cannot claim that his spirit indwells you because you don't have a relationship with him. But if you turn to him today with the understanding 
that you are a sinner. You have fallen short of the glory of God because you and I were born with a want to do wrong. When you realize that Jesus Christ came so that we can have our sins forgiven and turn to him in repentance and submit to his lordship, he will forgive you, you will become a new creation, and you too will walk with the same truth. You will claim that truth, that the Lord is with you and he will remember you. And when you face those tough times in your life, you will still find a reason to hope in the Lord because he promises to remain with you and never to forsake you. But for us believers... Let us realize and hold on to this truth that the Lord is with us and he will remember us. Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I thank you that we can rely on you. I thank you that we can trust you. I thank you for every family that is represented here this morning. I pray that the Holy Spirit that indwells us may bring this truth to our level of understanding and application and that, Lord, it may, it may bear good fruits in our lives as you continue to make us what you want us to be despite the difficulties that we face in Jesus' name, amen.